thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. With me, as always, my co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. And I'm your other co-host, Cam. We're doing things a little differently this week. We're going we're gonna to take a risk. You guys want to get risky? You guys want to take a risk with us? Here's the risk. Yes. The date of recording is June 6th, 2023. This episode will not release until June 9th, 2023. It's our What's Poppin' Movie and TV News episode. So here's the conundrum we're in. And I'm I'm just like giving you full behind the curtain because I like feedback and Kirk likes to get feedback and we just, you know, we wanna we wanna hear from you. We're we are we are glad you listen and we want to hear your thoughts. We want to get the movie reviews out sooner while the movies are still in the topic of conversation. Um, and that's why we're doing spoiler-free reviews, and that's why we're, you know, we're, we're going to try releasing the movie review first this week. But the problem is, if you record the news on the same night, and you release the news days later, anything can happen in the next two days. And of course there will be news stories. We just won't have them in this episode. So there will be things. But you know what? That's a risk we're going to take, at least for now. And then uh, if there are big stories, we'll cover them on the next one, and we'll just see how it goes. But There's going to be someone out there who's going to be like, why didn't you cover the story on Bergenblaga? And we're yes. going to be like, check our social. We did in the meantime. Come back next week. I know. It's just, um, it's it's just a marketing ploy. That's all. It's tough. We'll have to figure it out. We're, we're working this whole part-time podcast thing out still three years later. Four years? Four years? No. What? What? 2020. 2020 uh, no. 2019, Kirk. We started in 2019. Right, that was the that was the first year to 2019 to twenty. Oh, okay, Whoa, okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. Oof. To twenty twenty two. I did the I did the baby thing wrong. Like whenever you go to a baby's birthday, and you're like, that's when they were one, but it's not. Oh my gosh, I about had a heart attack. <laughs> Three no, years. No, no, you're right. You are. No, hold on. Let's, no, nineteen to twenty. Is math. This is math. That's with one. Cam and Kirk. Nineteen to twenty. One to 21 to 22 to 23 you were correct the first time no oh no this is year four and we are still playing still figuring it out (laughs) no no playing with the formula yeah yeah spin it spin it kirk spin the narrative i want to hear it i want to hear it playing with the formula (laughs) that's not what i wanted to hear oh sorry I need I need something to to make me feel better about the fact that we're still like trying to figure out how this works after four years of doing it. Whatever, I'm done caring. It's over, just like that. I'm done. Okay, let's get into this, Kirk. There could be things like I was saying. There could be things that happen in the yeah. meantime, and and that's okay. But let's all be thankful that for today's episode, one thing happened right before we jumped on the air that I need Kirk's instant reaction to, and I know he has not seen this. Oh, no. <laughs> this will be good for the YouTube audience. Kirk, look, looky there. Who, who's what? that man scaling that wall of a hotel? Who could that be with those Wait. long flowing locks? And uh, no. here, here, let's zoom it in more. No, Who is it, Kirk? <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> it's Jared Leto. It's Jared Leto. <laughs> What's he doing? What? He's free climbing a hotel. Why? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but he's doing it, and people are watching him, and he's apparently I, hanging out with some TikTok star, and this is what happened today. This happened today. 
Well, here's what's visually what we're seeing is Jared Leto. It looked like he was miles above the earth. <laughs> they were super zoomed in on him. They zoomed out. <laughs> he's like 10, 10 feet, feet off, off the ground. The ground. <laughs> no, he got up pretty high at some point. And he's doing this with no equipment. He got, he got high enough to where he could have gotten he could have gotten hurt. You know. Yeah. Let's let's run that back just for posterity. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like um, if you if you were ever if you ever got to see the Netflix original uh, Triple Frontier. Yes. This part was crazy. It looks like they're on this you know mile high the ridge that they're inching along sideways. I went to Hawaii uh, about two years ago now, and it's literally just like a grove like three feet <laughs> off the ground <laughs> it's it's exactly the 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 impression that this also perspective is everything perspective, perspective is, everything. is everything tom sawyer huckleberry finn they shot a sequence over here near me and cam in the merrimack caverns uh not too far away from us where um one of someone falls to their death one of yes. the bad guys yep, and it's right. literally Again, like a ten foot drop instead of like an inf- an infinite foot drop. You're right. So I think he was only fifteen feet off the ground, Max. Yeah. But I can tell you what happened was that he watched that movie Free Solo, the one that won all those Oscars and stuff. Yeah. That's what happened. And then he was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna go climb this freaking hotel. <laughs> anyway, that's what Jared Leto was doing today, and uh, <sighs> man, I just hate him. I just hate him so much. I, I just, what, why? Why is he doing this? I, he's hanging out with some TikToker. He's trying to get his adrenaline fixed. I don't get it. And why was he not arrested? Like, I, if you're scaling my hotel, you're you're going to the can. Sorry. Immediately. Absolutely. Immediately. Absolutely going down. They're gonna, well, there's going to be a fire truck there with a ladder hauling you off, kicking and screaming. <laughs> they, I would just, be, they would just jump and like, Slap, slap his ankle. This guy, I just, he needs, I don't know. Like he just has to have this much attention. He's like, I'm going to go climb the outside of this hotel. What is absolute psycho. I, (laughs) I cannot with him. So if you didn't get to see it, if you're listening to the podcast and that was, that was bad radio, go watch it on YouTube. Um, We can either post it, but just go watch the YouTube video. It'll be, it'll be up there. Um, Man. Anyway, so had to start you with that, Kirk. Um, wow. <laughs> and that's not even part of what's popping. I mean, it is, but it's also not. Um, there are other equally cringe-inducing things that are a part of what's popping this week, Kirk. But let's start with, like, the real-ish movie news, and then we'll, we'll get into the, the cringe. Is that, okay. is that a fair, fair deal? I'm down. That was the best way to start an episode. So <laughs> if you could find me some ridiculous thing Jared Leto does week to week, I I'm think gonna, that's what's going to elevate this podcast. I think honestly what we're going to do from here on, and this is I, this just occurred to me like 10 minutes before we started recording. I want to do where at the beginning of the episode, I intro, I, I say my co-host Kirk, I'm your other co-host Cam, and then I say I give you something to react to. That's just okay. crazy. <laughs> It's just like Let's blind, go. like nothing you've seen or heard or whatever. I'm just throwing it at you right away. I think that's the best way to go. I really do. I'm down. I'm let's down. do it. But for now, let's jump into what's popping. Let's do it. Let's pop it up. And there's a lot of stuff, Kirk. There's a, there's a lot of crazy stuff happening this week. Let's start slow, so we don't, so our heads don't explode too early into this episode. Okay. Yeah. So let's do let's do a little box office. All right. The big story this week was Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the subject of our spoiler-free review, which dropped 
on Wednesday. Um, and I'm saying that on Tuesday. So that is a weird thing, but it's true. Uh, <laughs> hello, future people. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the film that, it's, you know, swung its way, pardon the pun, to $120 million in the box office domestically. That puts it in second place only behind Super Mario Bros. movie. Which made a ridiculous three hundred and fifty something million dollars, but it released on a Wednesday. So I think it's still like even if they didn't do that, it would probably be like I don't know fifty to eighty million dollars behind it, something like that. Um, right. But still, this is a sequel. The first movie didn't do that well in uh, in theaters. It was kind of like a word of mouth thing that grew, and uh, it's it's an animated film. It's it's pretty remarkable, Kirk. And and you're looking at what it's competing against. It had to go up against a Disney live-action remake in uh, The Little Mermaid, which had a, had a huge Memorial Day, and you know still did $41 million this this week, so nothing to sneeze at. Plus, Guardians of the Galaxy is still in theaters. Fast X is still in theaters. The, the Super Mario Bros. is still in theaters. Yes. And um, that new Stephen King film, The, the Boogeyman, was also uh, premiering this week. So, I mean, there, there was stiff competition, and still 120 domestically. What what does that what does that say to you? Well, first of all, that the best films around right now are kids slash animated yeah. films. Yep. That nothing else is coming very close to it whatsoever. So I wonder if the studios are when the writer strike ends, uh, maybe carrying up everything to say, hey, listen, we got to get more animated back out there in the industry. That's what brings people in. And that's true. Kids movies traditionally bring more people in because you've got more bodies. You're not just bringing, uh, you know, husband and wife uh, to go see your movie. You're going to, you're seeing husband, wife, son, daughter, son, daughter, son, daughter, and so on and so on. You bring it, you know, you bring a whole family of four, a family of five, six, whatever. You get more butts and seats and more bang for your buck. So animated, look out, might be uh, a very vicious fight in the near future. Yeah. And I think here's the other thing too. We're, we're getting to a point um, where, you know, this is not nothing mind blowing being said here. The people who grew up watching animated feature length films at home, their whole childhood are now adults with kids. And guess what? They still like animated films. So like Spider-Verse, for example, is not a kid's movie per se. It's not appropriate for all audiences. It's not Finding Nemo. You can't take uh, four-year-old to go see. I mean, you could. You're, you're. It's America. You can do what you want to do, but um, it's not necessarily geared towards that audience. This is a little bit more on the mature end of of kids programming, and it's really more of an adult feature, really. And and you know, for the most part, I think there's a ton of messaging for kids. There's a ton of messaging for adults. It's just a uh, you know, it's just a slightly more mature than what you would expect from an animated movie that's doing that kind of money. So I think. You know, Guillermo del Toro, uh, a lot of these guys are out there, you know, banging the drum that animation is art, animation is cinema, and I agree, and I think that the fans are, are speaking, and I'm excited to see where that takes us. I think that there's some interesting ways that this could go. Indeed. Awesome. Well, uh, Little Mermaid had a 56% drop. That's not uncommon. It's not bad. It's not great. It's, uh, that's what you... You know, that's kind of what you expect week to week, especially when comparing against Memorial Day weekend. Um, so that sort of is what it is. But that's who's who on the box office this week. All right. Let's get into this, Kirk. Yesterday, 
Apple had their big event. Kirk, was this the keynote or what? What, what, did the, what were they calling this event? Do you know? Yeah, the WWDC, I believe. WWDC event. I think. I think it was. Uh, what th- would Dave Grohl do? <laughs> no, I don't know. What is? The, I don't know what that stands for. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't. Uh, I used to be like all in on these events. Yeah. And I would carve out parts of my day to watch it. I would, I would just yeah. like refresh the clock. And this one I didn't do so much. So I watched the the highlights from this reel. And specifically the one that we're going to talk about, I did not watch the highlight for, but I heard about it. So I'm excited to see what you have found in this. Yeah. So uh, Apple had a new product launch during this event um, for the first time in a while. And it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, what they're touting is another revolutionary product known as the Apple Vision Pro. You know, they're thinking this is the iPod, the iPhone, the um, iPad, you know, this is the next big deal. Kirk is modeling it for us now. Um, yes, I got amazing. my own You got your own copy. That's incredible. That's something that actually no one at the Apple presentation did yesterday. Um, yeah. None of them put this thing on. Why that, not? Don't you think that's weird? They didn't want to look like a Sims character. On I think stage. they didn't want to look like a, uh, like 1984 Black Mirror Twilight Zone. Because um, these things are spooktacular i like yeah. like frankly they just are i mean you're you're um if you haven't seen it and you're not watching on the youtube like google apple vision pro this thing is i i don't know like i <laughs> i don't know what kinds of threshold you have to overcome mentally to put this thing on and be like i'm shutting myself off from the outside world i'm going to live in this little screen world i think that's bizarre but maybe we'll all be doing it in, in a few years. I don't really know. I That's know. the thing I kept thinking about. I kept thinking about, okay, so in this one, it, it literally is like like Tom Cruise, a minority report, but without the goggles that, <laughs> that we're seeing with Apple. Like he's on the screen, he's moving it with remote control hands, right? But this one, you don't have the remote control hands. It's all just in your vision. Yeah. And somehow spatially it's responding to your actions. You move, yeah, you move your hands and you uh, use your eyes, I guess. Ma- and maybe you speak to Siri. Yeah, and you, you can speak to Siri. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's, and yeah. can you imagine being in an office? Like, first of all, imagine being in an office, yeah, Cam, because right. I know you exclusively I've been, I've been out of that for a while, but yes. <laughs> so on. first of all, imagine working in an office and everyone in the office is standing at their desk wearing these things. Insane. You're, you're moving throughout the office. You're going to heat up your lunch and you've got these on. You're working while you walk down the hall with these on. I mean, I, I mean, nuts, nuts. Yeah. So what this is supposed to be is, you know, another smart display. It's, it's, uh, it's got everything on. It's got all your apps on it. You know, if you're, if you're an Apple TV fan or, a, um, you know, you watch stuff on your phone, or your iPad, think of that in this interface and it's supposed to be immersive and, uh, you know, <laughs> altogether different than what's expecting. It's caught. Co- it costs thirty five hundred dollars. It releases next year. You did hear that right, thirty five hundred dollars. And the only studio to you know partner with, or the studio that did partner with Apple as part of this presentation was, of course, Big Papa Disney, and uh, uh, Mr. Bob Iger made an appearance and kicked off. Um, a, a, a little intro clip for it that I'm going to show to you now. So let's do that. 
What if all the things that we thought were impossible were suddenly possible? You could experience your favorite stories in unexpected ways. places all right so that's a that's a taste of it um for those of you that were watching and for those of you listening basically what they're showing is that um you could access disney plus and watch the mandalorian i know you probably heard the utd from the from the jawas or or baby baby grogu just kind of cooing and kying in the background um you could watch that in an environment that looks like you're sitting on Tatooine uh, in a land speeder or looks like you're floating through space or whatever. And you could open up the Disney Plus interface there, watch your shows and movies within this uh, AR, you know, augmented reality display or turn it into a virtual reality display by having an immersive, you know, kind of 3D generated world uh, appear around you is basically what they're showing. So Kirk, now that you've seen that and, and, and knowing what this device is, we're not a tech, uh, podcast, but we are a movie watching TV watching podcast. And, you know, we do a ton of home viewing. We, we became very accustomed to home viewing during COVID as someone who, who watches an insane amount of feature length TV length content at home what's your reaction to what you just saw is it entertaining is it is it intriguing or is it not interesting i think it's very intriguing i don't have thirty five hundred dollars to blow on a device like this but it's very intriguing i mean i have constantly been trying to convince my wife to renovate our basement in a way that is a home theater and honestly Five of these might be cheaper than renovating the basement the way that I want it to to become a home theater. <laughs> or one d- of them. Yeah, I mean, or one yeah. of them, right? <laughs> yeah, like just like for for your like when you have to watch stuff for the podcast, like start with that. I would I would absolutely love to pick a location that mirrors the the atmosphere of the film that I'm watching because a lot of the time I'll try to uh, watch it on my TV in my living room, which has my Philips Hue lights that backlights my TV, and I make sure that that those lights set the mood for it as well. So I don't, it could be very cool uh, to have this to watch this in on Tatooine while sitting in my bed. Like that'd be pretty cool. I can see it. Only for that. On, only for solo viewing and really nothing else. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want this as my go-to device. I don't want this, you know, I'm not wearing this around my house and talking to my kids. Like, that's not happening. Um, they have it to where, like, when you're not actively viewing something, it shows your eyes, which, like, again, horrifying. <laughs> if you, like, seriously, like, Orwellian terrors. Uh, man-made horrors beyond our own uh, comprehension. Uh, <laughs> and so I don't, I don't want it for that. And if I'm watching a film with my wife or with my family, I certainly don't want it for that because the communal aspect of viewing it, it's kind of a, I don't know, it's kind of lost when you're all immersed in this different world. I have no issues getting fully immersed at home. I, I, I like, I don't, I like to be immersed in a movie, but it do, it's it doesn't take a full VR AR experience for me to get to that point. I don't know. 
I, I am resistant to change in general, so maybe I just cannot grasp this, but certainly not for $3,500. That's absolutely 100% not happening. Um, but also just like I'm trying to, you know, envision my media consumption habits and envision myself doing any of that with this, and it's it's tough. Um, I don't know. You know, I think we should kick this over to the viewers, and if – if every single one of our TikTok viewers gave twenty dollars, <laughs> we'd be able to buy. We'll one try it out for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. We'll we'll try it out for you. That's a great Venmo idea, me and Cam. Let's crowdsource this. <laughs> I like it. I, I and this could be you know back to quickly back to tech. This could be what Google Glass attempted to be years and years ago. Yes, exactly. This is the first prototype of it. Apple absolutely will slim this monstrosity of a thing down. And we could see that in the future. And that could be fun because then it would be like, if it were like real glasses, then it would feel yeah, like in, three, in three years, it's going to be a pair of Ray-Bans. You know, it right. is like, you know that it is um, $6,000. Yeah. Right. Right. Pick your brand. Oakley Ray-Bans, you know? Um, yeah. Oh God help us. Uh, it's, <laughs> It, we really are just collision course heading straight for that. I hate, I hate how predictable this all is. We're um, going straight to Wally people. We Wally, are dude. Seriously. Space. Yeah. Um, and I'm just thinking like, we are already so disconnected from the world around us. I don't know. Not to be like a hippie, but come on. Like when does the madness end? When, when do we stop imprisoning ourselves in digital worlds, digital landscapes? I just, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting, to say the least. It, it will be the topic of many a conversation, both on this podcast and, and the larger general conversation, I'm sure, for, for years to come when this thing comes out. But um, here we are. So 2024, $3,500. You can Start pre-order it now. <laughs> Get after it. <laughs> and let us know. Let us know your thoughts. Like, I, this is one I want to hear, like, the you know anybody listening, the community out there, like, what's your take? Like you guys are all movie fans, right? TV fans. What, you know, what does this do for you? Do you like it? Is it exciting? Um, is it horrifying? What is it? I don't know. I just want to know. I'm curious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Next up on the list, we're going to go into a couple <laughs> of really interesting stories, Kirk. First up on that list. There's another sequel coming, Kirk, but you'll never guess what it's for. I know you oh. already know what it's for. Okay. Um, because I'm, I'm sure you saw the article, but it's hocus pocus. It's it's freaking hocus pocus, man. They <laughs> they made the second film after how many years? I can't even remember. It was a lot. Twenty, twenty, yeah, 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 something like that. And now here we are, uh, a year removed, not even a full year removed from that monstrosity, and they're going to burden us with a third a third one of these. Yeah, and. The second one made it so that when I see Bette Midler, I have a visceral, uh, just kind of <laughs> physical, like angry and and disgusting uh, reaction. I just, I just, I want to puke. I want, yeah. I want to hit things and I want to scream and cry and puke. That's what I want. There's a movie. What's the quote from? Maybe you know. It's. it's I don't know if someone's singing or telling a joke, but they're like. <laughs> Oh, maybe it's pitch perfect. They're singing made my beer taste bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, dude. That's how I feel. 
I'm so I'm so sick of this crap. Why? Why did everybody watch that movie? Now I regret watching this movie. Maybe I could have done some small part. Why did we review this movie, Kirk? Why did we do it? <laughs> yes, we get, we contributed to the volume of viewers. I think they did it because Hocus Pocus 1 was so incredible that like communal parties were happening for Hocus Pocus 2. That's true. People were having themed foods and dressing up and they were all excited. And you just kind of have to, when you go to that degree, you just kind of have to force yourself to be happy that Hocus Pocus 2 existed. You're like, that's true. Remember the party we had? Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of people who I talked to that I think had Stockholm syndrome. Yes. From Hocus Pocus 2. Because they couldn't, they didn't ever say anything specifically that they liked about it. They're just like, oh, it was good. It was fun. Um, when people say it was fun, that means it's a bad movie. I, I feel flag. like um, I've sometimes said that on this podcast. We could go back and listen <laughs> to every time I say it, but I feel <laughs> like that's a dead giveaway that people didn't actually like. It wasn't a great movie, um, but there, I'm sure there are people who liked it. I'm sure there are plenty of people who will watch the third one and 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 bully for them. But please, don't inundate us with the the TikToks and the the social media posts and all the. Um, you know, Etsy shirts of the Hocus Pocus. Like, please make <laughs> yes. it, make it stop. Make it stop. <laughs> One day this all has to end. <laughs> Is, do we want Hocus Pocus 3 to be the legacy that we leave on this earth? I don't think that we do. No. I don't think that we do. Let's stand up for, let's stand for something greater. Let's do, <laughs> let's stand for something greater. Okay, moving on to, to a story that I think is equally cringy, but so much more hilarious. And <laughs> it's our buddy, Tom Cruise. I, I, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing about Tom. Um, he's a fantastic actor. Yes. And a total, uh, you know, kook, uh, you know, as it turns out with the Scientology <laughs> and with, uh, you know, doing crazy stunts. I mean, this guy is, uh, this guy's, uh, he's something else. And right now he is on a crusade for IMAX screens, Kirk. He's on a crusade because he just found out that his movie comes out one week before Oppenheimer and Barbie. And when he was getting the numbers on how many IMAX screens they were going to have in week two, and he found out that it was close to zero, he was not pleased. <laughs> and so reports are, are coming from the puck, um, which is a, uh, you have to pay to subscribe to the puck, but it's, it's, uh, it's Matt Bologna who I, th- or, uh, Bellany. <laughs> It's spelled like, <laughs> you could say baloney. It's baloney. I always say baloney in my head. Matt uh, baloney. What a bunch of baloney. No. What a um, reputable source. It's uh, <laughs> it's Matt Bellany, um, who I think used to work for Rolling the Rolling Stone, mm. I think, at some point. Even um, less reputable than Matt Bologna. <laughs> no. Oh, he used to work for The Hollywood Reporter. So very, very reputable. Sorry. Uh, he's reporting that, that, that. Tom Cruise is, is incensed by this lack of IMAX screens. And he is literally like calling rival studios and being like, you need to give up your IMAX screens or move your release date for your film. Or he's the other thing he's doing is he's going to ex exhibitioners, like actual, actual theater owners and, and big chains and showing them mission impossible and being like, this is the movie you want on your IMAX screen. Not, Barbie, not Oppenheimer. Or by the wrath of Zanzibar, <laughs> right. the great Scientology god will rain fire Dude, down on seriously. you. Seriously, they're like, what are we going to do about this? 
This is like the biggest crisis to hit Scientology since ever. I don't know. I don't since, know what uh, kind of Leah crisis. Remini for uh, yes, it's Leah Remini escaped. Jeez, what do you think, Kirk? Uh, I mean, Mission Impossible is probably not going to move its release date because what are they going to do? Move it up? I think they move it back. I think they, you think jump. they delay it. I think they delay it because what Tom Cruise wants, Tom Cruise gets. So I could see them delaying by at least two weeks, possibly three to let those fizzle out so he can get his, uh, you know, his people in those seats that he wants. Here's why this is inexcusable though, Kirk. We've known the release dates from bar for Barbie and Oppenheimer since this time last year. Yeah. And they haven't changed. They actually haven't moved, which release dates are notorious for moving. They haven't moved. Mm -hmm. How did this sneak up on him? I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. Like it's the two movies that everybody's been talking about for a year. Well, I heard that he lost a few brain cells from jumping off of that cliff so many times to get the <laughs> right shot. times. Yeah. A few of those times he, he landed on his head. Um, yes. <laughs> and, and it changed his personality forever. I don't know. I just like all the power to him. I want to see Mission Impossible on IMAX. I want to see Oppenheimer on IMAX. Maybe Barbie, if somebody can give me a good reason to see Barbie on IMAX. I'm mostly thinking mm -hmm. about the sound and like aspect ratio and stuff like that. Um, I probably won't get to because I don't live that close to an IMAX screen. Um, and if I was going to prioritize one, to be honest, it's going to be Oppenheimer. It's yeah. like, and I love the mission impossible series. Like I love it. And Kirk, I know you're on board with that too, yeah. but like Oppenheimer is the event. Oppenheimer is the one you want to see in IMAX. Sorry, True. Tom. Sorry, brother. Good luck to you. Um, we'll, we'll have him. Um, we'll phone him in. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be later. thrilled after I just called him a kook <laughs> and and many other things. Okay, let's move on to uh, another another cringe uh, story. This time, we're going to another uh, cringe person, and that would be Mr. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yes. Oh, Kirk, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> This time last year, Dwayne The Rock Johnson was in the middle of an attempted coup of DC Studios. He thought the Black Adam was going to be a smash success and he was going to vault himself to the top of DC Studios. He was, you know, he's, you know, he's Maui. He's, uh, he's, he's, in the, he's in the Jumanji movies. People love him. He's on the come up. He's, he can do whatever he wants. He can do no wrong. And then Black Adam sucked and everybody hated it. And yeah. uh, it didn't do well in theaters. He got the boot from DC after his attempted Henry Cavill-based coup, which is really sad for Henry Cavill, not for him. Yeah. And now he has crawled back on hands and knees to the Fast and the Furious franchise. He has settled, reportedly from him, settled his differences, squashed his beef with Vin Diesel, and is now starring in a spinoff, a Hobbs spinoff, that is not a Hobbs and Shaw sequel, but he's he's back. He had the cameo in Fast X, which I'm allowed to say now because that movie's been out for a while. And, and no one really cares. And about nobody that cares about that. And it was spoiled by the rap a long time ago, even before that. And now he's fully back in. He's this is you know, this is the this is the Thanos meme. Where did your failure? bring you right back to me. You know, that's Vin Diesel as Thanos in this, in this instance. And he held out his ring. You could not live with your own failure. And he said, kiss the ring. Dude, I, 
I have to see the inside negotiations between Vin Diesel and, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It had to be awesome. It had to be yes. just just so beautiful. Yes. What's your uh, reaction? What? I I just want to see him fail because he has shown that he is rotten. He could come back from this. He could apologize, <laughs> go, on, go on an apology tour, you know, because he was never officially canceled. He was just, his lies were came to fruition and his... Right manipulation and his bullying and if there's anything that this world can agree on even though they still exist is that bullying is not okay plenty of them out there but the majority of people who have been bullied are fighting back and saying get out of here you know i mean you had red notice jungle cruise um would name the last five films that he's been in that have all flopped black adam of course yeah people are done with uh if you can't actually even support your talent yeah. then you better be a really kind person yeah <laughs> lying, of those lying about the box office receipts for for black adam which was a totally weird move and like debatably fraud um, yes you know you had the what he did to henry cavill is so not cool you know basically can like took took advantage of the power vacuum at dc to be like yo, Henry, we're going to get you back in. You're going to be Superman, dog. Like, it's going to be awesome. Everything's going to be good. And Walter Hamada's got one foot out the door and the other foot on a banana peel, and he's got a Mai Tai <laughs> in his right hand, and he doesn't give a crap. He's like, yeah, sure, we'll bring Superman back. Whatever. And Henry Cavill gets screwed. He quits The Witcher. Right. You know, right. which is the best thing he had going, which I think is a crime, by the way. Which is now he's back in, right? Is he back in? I thought he was back in. I could oh, be I wrong. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. Poor Liam Hemsworth, though. Oh man, see, there's this Liam. is not a victimless crime, Dwayne. <laughs> this is these are real people whose lives are being affected by Liam, your malfeasance. Liam gets the shaft again from from Quibi to <laughs> Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> to Miley Cyrus. Liam cannot win, man. Imagine, win. imagine getting denied, getting getting let down by Quibi. And yes. then and then taking over The Witcher in season four and not even getting to do that. Right, right. We'll see. We'll, we'll Brutal. update you guys later. Brutal. <laughs> well, yeah, we're going to have to figure out what's going on there. But Dwayne The Rock Johnson is back in the Fast franchise. I'm extra spicy tonight with all these, uh, you know, just, just taking victory laps, dancing on, dancing on the graves of all these <laughs> weirdos. Okay, next up, where do we want to go? Where do we want to go? Okay. Here's just a weird one for you, Kirk, and I don't have a I don't have an image for it. I've got two for you. Okay. Okay. I do have an image for this one, so I'm gonna throw that up real quick. Thor: Love and Thunder. Chris uh, Hemsworth, your favorite of the Chris's, yeah, or Chris Pine? That's right. Hemsworth. Well, it does. It is Chris Pine at the top, but Chris yeah. Hemsworth is a close second. Sure, so sure, sure. I'll allow it. Yeah, one of your top two Chris's. So basically, royalty in your eyes. Yeah. It's true. Um, he was interviewed by GQ magazine, got into a bunch of stuff, um, got into the whole like Scorsese hates Marvel thing and said that it made him sad. And there were a few sound bites coming out from that, but none more interesting than this one about uh, Thor love and thunder, which is, which has been a very controversial film just in the fandom and, and within the mainstream as well. Anybody who is into the MCU, some people liked it. Some people hated it. Some people really hated it. Like, mm -hmm. uh, like it personally offended every fiber of their being. I see a lot of those people. We talked about it at the time, Kirk. 
there are people out there whose like full time job it is to hate this movie. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Um, anyway, here's what Chris Hemsworth had to say in GQ magazine regarding uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. So, so he started by saying he thinks they had too much fun with it. It just became too silly. It's always hard being in the center of it and having any real perspective. I love the process. It's always a ride. That's what he said. He said that his uh, his neighbor's kids were telling him that they didn't like the movie. He was getting critiques from eight-year-olds and stuff like that <laughs> about this movie. And he thinks that they were ultimately just a little too silly with it, Kirk. Um, we reviewed this film. We both were middling on it. I think um, on the higher side of middling, I found this film kind of like... I thought the really ridiculous stuff they work played because I like Taika's brand of humor and I like um, the stuff that they did that was weird was like intentionally weird and um, intentionally strange, like the Fraggle Rock action <laughs> scene um, and a few of the other things that people really hated about this movie. I kind of dug. Um, I did hate the whole Zeus situation mm-hmm. and there were a few other things that I didn't love, but... I did not despise this movie. Uh, what do you think about Chris Hemsworth's comments in relation to how you felt about this movie? Pretty shocking because when you're on the Disney Marvel payroll, you are pretty used to be. I would say, you know, OG yeah. Disney Marvel. You were supposed to be tight-lipped, always promoting. But in recent years, in the I would say the past three, because COVID changed everything, people have been allowed to be a little bit more honest about their most recent work. Typically something like this, a comment like Chris Hemsworth said would not be permissible until the statute of limitations lifted, which would be like 20 years from now. So it's pretty eye opening that within one year we get this kind of honesty uh, and service to the fans. Like, Hey, we missed the mark and I'm sorry. Uh, I like what he said though. Like when you're in it, you're having fun. You are going through the process. You can't see the whole movie. You're just doing what you can and you know, things will get dropped. Things will get edited and some things are just for fun. So I I totally understand that perspective of it. And I totally am very, I don't know. I I respect his answer very much to, to come out and say what he said. Yeah. I, I think with anything, anything that people hate this extremely, it's not as bad as people think it is. Um, right. I find a lot of good things in the movie overall from a story perspective. I think it's got a cool story. Um, it's not perfect. It's not. It's not great. It's. It's in my opinion, it was. It was fine and 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 good. And I had a nice time watching it. But um, you know, for a lot of people, it's not their cup of tea. It's. It's a little too zany. It's a little too self-aware weird um particularly for the mcu and and that's fine so that's how chris hemsworth feels as well so there you go now you're vindicated yay all right moving on next one also staying in marvel uh marvel studios has very sneakily changed the subtitle of the new captain america film it was originally called Captain America New World Order. Remember that? They've been they've been advertising it as such. They have a title treatment. They've revealed it at all the cons and all the other things. New World Order. Uh, well, they posted a picture on Instagram of uh, uh, Harrison Ford as well as Anthony Mackie on set interacting. And sure enough, the 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 director's chairs that they're sitting in, the like the like back of it. 
says mm-hmm. Captain America Brave New World with a whole new title treatment, different font, the whole the whole nine. So they have changed this the name of this. They you know, Disney even called it Brave New World in the uh Instagram post. Mm-hmm. Now Brave New World could reference a, a couple of different things. I think doing a quick Google because I'm not as cultured as I try to act like I am. Um, <laughs> I knew that it was familiar because I've, I've, I've seen like show title, like episode titles, Brave New World, album titles, Brave New World. So I knew it was a reference to something. Um, there's a there's a novel from 1931 that's like a dystopian novel in which, uh, you know, there's like state-controlled everything. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so... Based on you know we've got we've got we've got Harrison Ford stepping in as, as Thunderbolt Ross who we've we've heard is going to be president in this President Ross, and based on the fact that this is based off of the Aldous Huxley novel Brave New World, which is kind of like a dystopian, um, state-run martial law kind of situation, we're we're shaping up for an interesting movie here, aren't we, Kirk? I agree. I agree. I think the reason that they changed the title from. Um, a new, sorry, new world, new world order. order is because of the, you know, the famous, the perhaps infamous Marshall Mathers line as we move toward a new world order. And I yes. think that they didn't want people just humming that in the movie theaters while you couldn't actually play that song because that belongs to eight mile from the movie, from his life. Right. True. I think when we get to the root cause of things, it's 100% why they changed it. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, who could disagree with that? That I mean, that has to be it. That has to no be one, it. no one at all. I'm like, I I don't. I think this is kind of a nothing anything kind of story. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Um, we kind of knew that this would be the direction that this film would go. Anyway, you've got the whole. Um, oh man, I'm so I feel so disconnected from Marvel right now. <laughs> the, the whole yeah. Valentina Allegra de Fontaine yeah. situation where. You know, she's she's working to build this team of, you know, this motley crew of miscreants um, who will end up being the Thunderbolts. We've got the Thunderbolts movie coming out. You've got, you know, President Ross, Harrison Ford. Um, so it makes sense that there's some sort of, like, crazy government change happening. And Anthony Mackie will once again find himself at odds with the U.S. government as Captain America. So it's interesting. It makes sense. I wonder... Yeah, I wonder if there's going to be uh, a presidential assassination oh. and Thunderbolt walks in because he's the next. The next. Oh, one. he's the he's the he's the um, like. Well, yeah, isn't he the defense secretary in canon? Yeah, I think so. That would be pretty pretty bold, pretty exciting. And then oh, all of you a sudden, know how like in um you know when the State of the Union happens, they yes. put they put like one cabinet. Isn't it one cabinet member? They put in like a lead bunker. That's right, the designated survivor. Designated survivor, so that if there's like a nuclear attack, maybe that's what happens. Dude, Kiefer be- Sutherland uh, is actually reprising his role from that <laughs> television series. Kiefer Sutherland can play the current president who gets <laughs> who gets nuked at the State of the Union. It's the crossover you wanted. The CBS <laughs> designated survivor, no longer. Dude, that's actually that's a good call though. Like something crazy happens, um, you know. In, in the instance of martial law, when martial law comes into effect, the armed forces take control of the government, which would mean that the defense secretary... Well, no, because 
because the president is commander in chief. So I think the president still is at the top of the mountain. I don't know. I don't know. Right. But I think I think you're definitely onto something there. This could be cool. This could be very cool. I'm any, looking any forward to it. Way that pans out. Yes. Yeah, I feel like I, f- I feel like this is this is a chance. This is probably like you know, Marvel's on on shaky ground uh, for sure. After Phase Four was you know kind of not great. Um, you've got the Jonathan Major stuff, which like we can't even begin to unravel. Um, but if if Secret Invasion hits after Guardians was a hit, they they might be cooking. They might be cooking with with gas here. So yes, let's just see. Let's just see what happens. But that's all we got. No more cringe inducing news. No more Jared Leto climbing up of uh, buildings. Man. <laughs> I saw that and I was just instantly angry. I feel like I'm the only person in the world who saw that and got mad. Like I got, I just was like, this guy, he's like, watch these moves. I could be one of the Spider-Man in a different multiverse. <laughs> that's, what he, that's what he's trying to show. That's, that's what it is. I said, he watched free solo. He actually just watched across the Spider-Verse Kirk. <laughs> and he's like, screw this. I'm not Morbius. I'm, I'm spider, Spider-Man, Spider-Morb. That's who he should be. Spider-Morb. <laughs> <laughs> that's his spider persona oh man what in the world oh yes all right and we'll leave you with that spider morbin all thank you guys so much for listening uh we want to give a special thanks to our executive producer ryan spriggs as well as his band rhetoric who created all the amazing original music you hear at the beginning and end of the show and we will see you next time talk to you then